Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. Ah, well, good morning, North Shore. Good morning. I'm excited about this. Merry Christmas. All right, we get to say that now, okay? As you all know, I'm a hardcore Christmas guy, so I love it. Um, you know, we always try to decorate for Christmas early. We've kind of failed this year. We're a little bummed out, but I don't know if we can start saying Merry Christmas before Thanksgiving. Is that even a thing? Some of you say no way, right? Anyway, Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. Love it, love it. Sometimes I'm just shocked, <coughs> excuse me, um, with how fast it comes upon us. So uh, it's going to be an exciting time. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get a Bible to you. Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Uh, I do want to start with just a bit of celebration. Uh, we'll do this again next week for you guys, but during the nine o'clock service, we had a, another baptism and it was amazing. A young man uh, came and just, uh, just a real honest testimony of, I was actually baptized as a real young guy and I didn't even know why I did it. I really kind of did it because um, my sister did it. Right? And he says, I've been learning of what salvation means and, um, and just gave us a real open and raw honest testimony uh, of really acknowledging and understanding what Jesus did. So he came before, uh, a lot of courage, right, to come before his family and say, I want to be baptized because um, now I get it, now I'm saved. And so anyway, so it's really cool. So I just love that courage. And it just reminds me that all of us just need to come to Christ with courage. It's such an important quality to uh, in our spiritual walk to be courageous. And um. Two weeks ago, I had my friend come out, Jared Scholes, and talk about deconstruction and all of those things. And we did a, a table on Monday night after that and just talked about this whole idea of deconstructing and such an important topic right now. So I hope you are blessed. You know, I'm just about through my second reading of the book. And I just can tell it's one of those books I'm going to have and be ready to, to give away because I don't think the conversation is going away anytime soon, unfortunately. And so our responsibility to be prepared to understand the sign of the times, as well as to give an answer to the hope that we have in Jesus to people. So two important things. And so really grateful for that. And you all showing up for Sunday and Monday. One thing about the Pacific Northwest, we're not very good at go going out midweek. We like to go home and hang out. We're, we're, we're just so you know, uh, we can, it's a badge of honor. We don't, we don't go where we don't want to go on, during the week, right? We go home, we hang out. Anyway, you guys did a great job showing up for that and appreciate that. And then last week, um, just like I expected, you got about 10 sermons in uh, one uh, from Sanjay. Right? It's just a gift he has of the knowledge and, and taking uh, uh, the biblical uh, history and with the secular history and just telling us a story about Jesus in an important topic of the Palestinian um, Jewish conflict that we watch and what role it is we have in it where our eyes should be set and he did a fabulous job. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that message, um, make sure you go listen to it. And I'm gonna bet you'll be like all of us. We're gonna have to listen to it four or five times to actually get it, right? Um, but the message was clear. So I really appreciate Sanjay and those things. And uh, YouTube, I don't even know what that means. We're on YouTube. 
All right, well, welcome to YouTube, whatever that even means. Right? I don't know what YouTube is, but I don't know what it means to be on it. But hey, YouTube, what's up? Uh, anyway, uh, uh, it's good to be there. We love our online family. Appreciate you immensely. Uh, glad you're all here. So again, welcome. Let me pray for us, and we're going to dive into our Christmas series. Let me pray. Father God, you're good. We love you. We want to give this time to you. We believe when we encounter your word, we encounter your revelation, your powerful revelation that wants to change us, transform us into the likeness of Christ. So we come with open minds, hearts, and lives to be transformed. I pray for each one of us, myself included, that I would not leave here the same. Whether it's in a subtle way or a major way, you would transform and change my life through the power of your word. So speak to me, speak through me, speak to each one of us. This is your time. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Well, Christmas, here we go. I love it. And so our series this year is, you know, something I was just praying about. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but coming up with Christmas series every year is really hard, just so you know, right? Because it's, it's already been done, whatever it is. And so I just, God, what do you want? And I was really drawn to uh, Matthew chapter one and this idea of Emmanuel. And what we learn from Matthew's uh, depiction of the Christmas story, that Christmas is about a relationship. That Christmas is about a relationship. So let me tell you uh, the story in Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18 and going through 25. Okay, and you'll recognize this story. So it's Joseph and Mary. They're engaged in, in Jewish tradition, being engaged is actually a legal binding relationship. Not just, hey, we think we might get married. No, no, we were legally contracted together. And they, they would about a year later have a wedding and, and, and that, and then enter into that aspect of the relationship. But it was a legal binding um, uh, relationship. So they were engaged. And then Joseph found out that Mary had conceived, but they had not been together. And Joseph was a righteous man. And a good man, you can tell. So he decided that he was just going to kind of slip away quietly, not to harm and hurt Mary's reputation, but he's just going to slip away. But that night an angel came to him in a dream and spoke to him. and told him, Joseph, don't fear. Don't fear. Because it was the Holy Spirit that conceived this child. And this child, you're going to name Jesus. And this child is going to save the world from their sin. And then he quoted from Isaiah chapter seven, verses 14, a promise to Ahaz for Israel. Uh, and really where we're launching this series from, Emmanuel, he says, the virgin will conceive a son and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we know how the story unfolds. You know, Joseph, in a sense, responds to to the voice of the Lord, and Mary's Mary, and off we go. But the Christmas message right there is that Christmas is about a relationship between God and man, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, it's interesting as you read this, has God been with us before this? 
Yeah, this isn't a new concept. And so what I want to do in this Christmas series is we're going to go through the biblical narrative and we're going to look at the ways that God has been with us because what happens is on Christmas, it is just illuminated and lit up that God is with us and how he is with us in all the different dynamic and beautiful ways. And so where do you start? You start in the beginning. So you can feel free to turn there. I'm gonna be hopping over places, but in Genesis chapter one, it's just easy to turn there. Um, uh, what we're gonna see here is, and you look at Genesis one, and you, oftentimes we are just taken back you know, because you know, this is Hebrew poetry describing creation. And sometimes we get lost in the power, and we should. It's in, you know, six days God spoke and it was. And you watch creation unfold all around. It is powerful and beautiful and amazing. But one thing we miss is the beauty of the relationship that is being talked about here between God and man. Genesis chapter um, three, verse eight, I believe it is. It says that God is walking with man in the cool of the day. We just read that sometimes. Imagine that God himself, and I believe this is what they call a Christophany. Uh, some of you Bible studiers will love this. And you can, uh, my belief is that that's actually Jesus. You know, I just put your mind in that spot um, where Jesus was actually there at the fall and having this encounter and, and, and then the things that he said. Uh, and we can talk about it on the you know, sidelines if you want. But God was walking with man in the cool of the day. Just picture how that sounds. Just strolling, right? With man, interacting with them. They can tell where he's around. He's amongst the trees, God was giving them instructions. Imagine your Sunday school class being taught by God himself, right? He's giving them instructions, you know. He's giving them warnings and teachings. You know, we see them in the garden. There, there, uh, there's creation happening. They're naming the animals. I mean, just listen to this dynamic, beautiful relationship. I mean, he even performs a wedding, Right? Have you ever been to a wedding? Oh, they're so beautiful and amazing. Did one just yesterday, I and mean, I just like, oh, it was amazing. He talked about family to them. He even talked about the birds and the bees. I mean, this was a deep, great relationship. Might I say this, that Jesus is our soulmate. He's our soulmate. And why I say that is because he knows us. Jesus is our soulmate because he knows us. Because you think that term, and we, we, we say you know, a lot, right? Oh, they're my soulmate. When you're in middle school, how many soulmates did you have? Right? <laughs> but as you get older, you still, you know, we say that. You know, I'll say that about Sandy. Uh, and, and, you know, she's my soulmate. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's Jesus. He is our soulmate. And we define a soulmate by how they know us. They know us better than any other person. They know us better than anybody. And in that knowledge, we fit together. There's a partnership. 
that is stronger and better than any other relationship. And then we put this term on it. They're our best friend. They are our best friend that we trust and can count on and can go to. And we're gonna see this, that Jesus is our soulmate. He's God with us as our soulmate. So we're gonna dive into this thing. I'm excited about it. So we look at Jesus as our soulmate, God with us. Why? Why can we say this? When we look at Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, you can turn there if not, it'll be on the screen, I think. Is why does he know us? He knows us because he created us. Listen to Jeremiah 1, 5. It says, he knew you, and this is the Lord talking to Jeremiah. He knew you before you were formed. Before you were formed, he consecrated or set apart you to be a prophet. He's talking specifically to Jeremiah about what his role is. And what's happening here is you see the timing of this creation. Take it in. And as I talk about this, I want you to not just hear what I'm saying, but feel what I'm saying. That before the world even had any idea about you, however they discovered you, whether it was, guess what, I'm pregnant, or hey, I'm not feeling so well, or uh-oh, whatever it was, right? Before that, Ephesians 1, 4 says, before the foundation of the world, God chose you. He formed you. He knew you before anything that we can conceive and think of outside of eternity. It's amazing. And then in that, as he knew you before he formed you, I love this piece of it, of how personal this is. That he wonderfully, and for a lack of better terms, got his hands dirty creating you. Scripture gives us this illustration of a potter. How many artists are in here? Any artists? It's funny. You artists are the most humble people, right? I had two in the first service. Some of you are liars. Uh, how many of you have tried art? How many of you have wrecked art? <laughs> That's me. <coughs> My parents kept none of the things I created, you know. <laughs> I'd bring it home, oh, what's that? I don't know. Uh, and all of a sudden it would disappear after a while, right? Never to be seen again. But you understand, especially if you've ever um, been involved in ceramics or throwing a, uh, a pot. And a lot of us have done that. And just what it means to roll your sleeves up, get your hands right, grab that clay. And this is how scripture describes what he does. You know, our master you know, and making this masterpiece and creating it and forming it and shaping it. This is the image that the scriptures want to give you when it talks about forming you um, before you even born. And it's personal to him as he shaped each one of us. And then he says this, I love it. <clears throat> in that shaping, in that forming, he appointed our days, consecrated the word set apart, make holy you, your days. I mean, he tells Jeremiah, you're going to be a prophet. 
So before the foundations of the world, God got personal and formed you, created you for this very time, for this very second. I believe with my whole heart, you are ordained to be here. Why? I don't know. God knows. This space in time, this space in history, the family you're in, the work you're at, the places you're around, that you were formed intentionally for what he has for you, these ordained days, as scripture tells us. Why does he know us? Why can we call him our soulmate? Because he created us. He created us. Oftentimes we go back, he spoke and it was, and we forget how personal and beautiful this walk and relationship with him is. I love this too. If you go to Genesis chapter one, verses 26 and 27. In this creation, he does something else that's so cool. It says that he created us in his image. So let us create man. You got the Trinity at work here. It's beautiful. Let us create man in our own image. And male and female, he created them. He knows you because he created you in his likeness. The Latin term, imago Dei, God's image. That is spoken about only man. Only man is created in the image of God. We see all the good and beautiful creation. Only man is the imago Dei, created in the image of God. Now there's some false teaching that that means we're created to be God or to become a God, that's false teaching. No, it's the essence and the character of God. And a couple of things I wanna point out to you in that. First of all, as I said, it's exclusive, right? It's exclusive to man that you carry this image of God unlike any and all creation. So when you look around, guess what? They, these humans, are created in the image of God. Every one of them. And that changes how you look at people, how you treat people, doesn't it? Right? Because it's inclusive to all humans created in the Imago Dei. There's another truth that's kind of hard to take sometimes. Look in the mirror. That person is created in the Imago Dei. You know, and a sad truth of we're so insecure, sin has broken us so much, um, we only see flaws, right? Guess what? When you look in the mirror tomorrow morning, Imago Dei, you are created in the likeness of God. You are worthy just as you are. Beautiful. Because he's beautiful. And that's a hard truth to take sometimes. But it's true. Scripture tells us. So we're creating his image, but we're also in his likeness in this way, uh, in our intellect. We have a rationale, uh, the ability to choose that's far greater than the animal kingdom around us. Not exclusive, but we understand, right? We are given a different place of rationale and intellect. That's the likeness of God that he gives us. Morally, right from wrong, 
righteousness, holiness. We get that ability to be moral from God himself. Why, when you look at the world around you, sometimes things are just wrong, right? You know what I mean? Even go to atheists, you know, I laugh sometimes in conversations with atheists, you know, because like, you know, because they have a moral. Who's making that up? I know where it comes from. It's the imprint, right? It's the imprint of the image of God. They understand right and wrong. Uh, versus I'm just going to make it up because, you know, you know, be in the center of the universe. Nope. Guess what? I see the imprint of God. That's why it's wrong. That's why it's right. You just know. You just don't want to confess. That's another conversation, right? And spiritually, what I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, right? Made in his likeness. We were made in his likeness. Hey, let me give you a little picture that you might grab. You parents understand, right? How many parents out there? Raise your hand if you... You've got kids. All right, good job. Lots of parents out there. Okay, you're going to get this, kids. You'll probably understand it as well, you young people. Is this. Um, when you see your image in your kids, right? Back in, in our home, when my youngest daughter, who is an absolute dreamer, and she starts dreaming and going, ooh, in her lofty land. Um, you know what happens in our home? My wife looks at me. You know why? She gets it for me. Like, oh no. So I kind of hide when it comes up, right? And she's like, you're dreaming about crazy stuff. Our oldest daughter, right? Oh man, she gets hyper-focused. We've both been given, uh, granted ADD. And so we, uh, we use it well. And we get hyper-focused on these, you know, generally crazy ideas. And off we go. Oh, it's so frustrating for my wife. And every time it happens, she just glances at me. And I know, because I see that's me. I tell parents this often. You know the, who the hardest person to raise is? Yourself. Oh, your kids will do something. Both my girls are stubborn like me and they'll throw that in there. And you're like, oh, crud. That's me. I know exactly where you got that. I don't know what to do. Uh, it really is a really hard place to parent. You want to scream and yell, but they've got one thing. Well, you did it. You know, so anyhow... But Jesus knows us because he knows himself. He knows us because he knows himself. He created us. And that last piece I want to talk about, and that's that spiritual likeness. And take you to Genesis chapter two, uh, verse seven. Powerful scripture. And in there, what God says is, He's talking about forming man, you know, from, from the dust, he, he forms a man. And then he says this, that he breathes life, the breath of life into the nostril of men. And they become a living creature. I love the King James there. It says this, they become a living soul. Right? And this is where I got the title from this message. Right? That God... Breathe. And that word, breathe, breath of life, is a very dynamic um, you know, Hebrew word and into the New Testament Greek words. And it's a combination of words and phrases, but it has deep, deep meaning, right? It's different than what the animals got. They got O2, right? All the other living creatures and plants and stuff. What we got is the breath of life, which John 1 
Verse three and four tells us that in the beginning, Jesus was there and he was life. So it was his breath of life that we were given. He breathed his life into us, which has lots of implications, beautiful implications. As I said, it has life. It has power. The Hebrew and Greek word sometimes are translated in the wind. So you look at the Red Sea with Moses and how was the Red Sea parted? It was a wind that came. Same Hebrew word being used. God's power. You see in Acts chapter two when the Holy Spirit came, right? Like a mighty rushing wind. Pneuma, Greek word there. It has power. He breathed this power. He breathed his life into us. This life that is eternal. It's greater than this life. And that power, the breath of life to all of us. And we get that. I want you to do an exercise with me real quick. I want you just to feel yourself breathe. You don't have to do anything weird. Just feel yourself breathe. Feel, feel the breath coming in, going out. Kind of got that? All right. Feel how close that is. I mean, it is intimately intertwined with you. Imagine it not being there. You can't even think about it. It's just there. It is. It's so intimate and entwined. That is how close God is to you. Your soulmate, the one who created you, the one that created you in his likeness, the one that gave you his very breath. Why is Jesus our soulmate? He is us. He breathed into us. He gave us life, gave us power, gave us meaning, gave us purpose. That's what he did. So what do we do with that? I want to look at the, as we go to the second half of this message, I want to look at what's that look like? How does he know us? If knowing us is that litmus test of soulmate, and Jesus is that for us, what's that even look like? There's two things I want to talk about. Uh, First, it looks like partnership, right? And it looks in depth and intimate, Partnership. Understand, if you want to really get to know somebody, we don't have this as a first step, but you'll get the meaning. Marry them. Right? Right? Marry them. Excuse me a second. Cold got me. Marry them. Spending every day with them, doing everything in life. Guess what you do? You get to know them, don't you? The good, bad, and the ugly. But boy, you get to know each other like no other people. You want to get to know people? Go to work with them. Spend eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. Guess what? Do you get to know each other? Absolutely, right? Right? Be friends, work with, be around people. It's how we know each other, right? Is when we're around each other. And this, as I already pointed out in Genesis, God was walking with man in the garden. He was with man, right? They're in partnership and relationship, unique to all other of a creation, just the depth of that. And it's important to understand when we look at that is that God is with you. 
He says he'll never leave you or forsake you. What's important with this is there's some times we don't feel him with us. Loneliness is one of the number one emotions and feelings that humans feel. Do you know that? I mean, you could be in a crowd and feel lonely, right? But I just want to tell you this, right? That God is with you. He made a promise to you. He created you to be in partnership and be together. Even when you don't feel him, he is there based on who he is and his promises. We have to understand that he is in a partnership of relationship with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He also, he works with us. He creates with us. You look at that garden story and I mean, just, you know, let your, your, your minds go a little deeper to that experience. I mean, he uses Adam's gift. He gave it to him to be able to name the animals. That just doesn't come from anywhere. He gifted him. I mean, I would have ran out of names about, I don't know, 10 animals into it. Everything would have been zebra, dog, I don't know, right? I mean, just all that he did and what that looked like, that creativity. Remember, the garden is something that they uh, were growing and creating. They got to do that with God in this partnership. I've gone on a lot of mission trips in my, in my day. And what I love Second most, first most is watching God move. But I like watching him move in the relationship. When you go roll your sleeves up and you work with somebody and you do the Lord's work, it's incredible how deep you get to know each other. And that trust you have from them because you know what their strengths, what their abilities are, right? <coughs> Excuse me. And that's what God did. Based on the gifts he gave man and the calling he created with them partnered with him in that. And lastly, his dominion. He gave us a place. You know, he didn't step aside, right? God is overall, right? But he allowed us to come with him and have dominion. All this creation, guess what he said to us? Oversee it. Be great stewards of it. And this is so cool. I don't know if you understand this, but the Garden of Eden is what they call the first temple. Adam and Eve were the first priest. That they brought creation into worship to point to God. They got to do that. Right? This is how he expresses, I'm going to create you, man, and we're going to do this together. So when it says God with us, it's not just some sort of distance, here he comes, but we get to do the work of God with God. It's beautiful, it's powerful. It's powerful. And it goes to this last section I want to give. And it, and it really is Psalm 139. And feel free to turn there. Um, I don't have the time to read it. I'm going to grab some highlights from it. But what David is doing is basically giving um, this sermon in a much better way. Psalm 139 is really this message. It's powerful. It's beautiful. And I want to start with one, Psalm 139, verse 14. says this, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, 
My soul knows it very well. And I love what that points to. We look at how Jesus knows us. What's that look like? How does it play out? And David here is talking about, um, you know, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I often get asked this, why are Bible believers so caught up in the sanctity of life? It's because of this. Because as we look at God, uh, the great artist that he formed and uh, crafted us before the foundations of the earth. So we have and believe that life is sacred. It, it should be set apart and, and we love it. And, th and this is what David does here. And he says, wonderful are your works or what you're doing. He's talking about himself, right? My soul knows it very well. That soul connection. The work you're doing in me, God, I know it. The work you're doing around me, I know it. It's your work. <clears throat> and you don't make accidents. He knows us. And oftentimes when I you know, talk about this, I know who I'm talking to. You think, well, life, that sounds good and would be great on a Hallmark card. In real life, it doesn't fit. Because guess what? I know some of you are in some dark nights. Life is hard. It's not easy. But we have to understand the promises of God. We have to rest on those. As I said earlier, even when you don't feel it. See, so when we say God is with us, we put a comma in this setting when I feel good, when, when everything's perky and nice and you know, everything's just humming along. Is that what scripture says? No, it puts a period. It kicks our comma right out of there and puts a period. God is with us, period. And that's important to understand. And this is what David is doing. And this is a dark night of the soul. It, it, it's challenging in times. And he writes this beautiful Psalms. And so let's just grab a couple of it. And we're going to see the depths of God's knowledge of us. Verses one through four. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh, Lord, you know it altogether. Oh, man. And a lot of times you'll read that scripture, people are like, oh, really? I don't want that. I want you to take it as good news, not bad news. It's this, is you can be real. You can be you. I mean, we run around with all this pretense and religiosity and create this, you know, perfect system of belief and fake everybody else. We roll in here on Sundays that we're all dressed up and life is just peachy, right? It's a stinking lie, right? Are we fooling God? Absolutely not. He knows life is hard. The numbers in the bank account aren't measuring up, right? They're not adding up. You know, he knows your nerves. He knows maybe you got in a fight. The kids aren't on the track you want them to be. He knows this. He knows that you've got something. You're not sure what it is. and You've got to go to the doctor and you're terrified, right? He, he knows. Guys, that's good news. He's your soulmate. He knows and guess what? God is with you, period. He loves you. And he goes on to here, I love this. 
verses seven through 10, and listen to the depth of his presence. Where shall I go from your spirit? Oh, where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall guide me. So hold my hand. Listen to this. Wherever you're at, and you may not feel that God is holding your hand. Just breathe. He is with you, right? Because he knows you. He loves you. He's your soulmate. You can trust that. God is truly Emmanuel. He's with us, right? And he brings power into that. One more verse before we, we land this baby. Verse 12, check this out. Even the darkness is not dark for you. And this is only words could be spoken about God. Even the darkness is not dark for you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Meaning the darkest night of your soul, guess who could bring light to it? Jesus. Right. Only like he can. No quick quote of a scripture or some great um, quote of Christian thought. No, the presence of a holy, beautiful soulmate, Emmanuel, can light that night. Right? And carry you through it. And sometimes you understand that we are carried through with clenched fists and tears rolling down our eyes because we can't. And we understand that, but he can. And just hold that hand as he takes you through that night, right? That's the power of this relationship. That's the power of this promise given to Joseph so long ago. And so what do we do? I'm gonna invite the worship team to come out. What do we do, right? Understand one of the elements of being a soulmate is being a best friend. I want to take you back just a little bit. You ready? Some of us are going to take a while, so give us some time, okay? Back to middle school, okay? And there's a strange time in middle school. Well, the whole time's strange, to be honest, okay? Um, <laughs> but there's a strange time, and it's, you go back there, your best friend's house at night with the lights off. I don't know if that's some sort of truth serum or what that is. Even for us guys, girls, you guys are good at this. But I remember sitting there, we're just dumb middle school boys. It's 99.9% .9 of the time, we just fit that perfect. But in those moments, man, we shared our fears, our hopes, our dreams. You know, the girl we thought was cute. Um, you know, how life at home maybe not going so good. That was our best friend, right? So what do you do with a best friend? You go to them. When you can go to nobody else, there's a best friend you know you can go to. Because guess what? He'll understand. Because he loves you. Created you. He is your biggest fan. We need to say yes. We trust you. Even when we don't understand it, our eyes can only see here. So we're going to look with faith. We're going to hold your hand. Might even have to hold our breath and say, let's go do this thing. Right? As you walk this life out, 
you know, you might feel like quitting, quitting your fate, quitting relationships. But remember, there's someone right here that didn't quit you. He's not quitting you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He says, hold on, don't quit them. Because you might be the light he uses in the dark for somebody else, right? Because I talk about this, say, my life's pretty peachy. We used to win the lottery or whatever, right? Guess what? Go be light. Go into those dark places and bring Jesus, right? Be steadfast. He's with you. And I don't know what brings you here today, why God has you ordained to be here this moment, uh, but that first step to trust in him uh, is our heart and faith to say yes to you, Jesus. I want to give you my heart and my life. I'm tired of walking this road by myself on my own. I need a soulmate. You may have been walking with Jesus for years. And like a lot of us, you, your faith has gotten crusty and old. And you know how to live it out. Quote, fake it. Let's be real, right? Why not? Why not? And say, so I'm tired of it. I want to step in, God, let's do this thing. Let's get real. And you go to him. And we're going to have people here to pray, come up there. I'll be here for a bit. And then back there, let's just do it. I love the song that Josh and his team picked. You know, it's a, a one you'll recognize. Tis so sweet to trust the name of Jesus. And that word alone should be an anthem for us. Will you stand with me? Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. And let's just talk about trusting our soulmate, Jesus.